What's up, guys? This is Danny Langloss, and you're listening to the Leadership Excellence Podcast. Please hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. Consider giving us a rating or review so we can keep growing and help more people. Thank you. There are so many things that impact our ability to achieve success, but none are more important than leadership. Individuals and organizations rise and fall with leadership. We are here to help you rise. Thank you for joining us. This is the Leadership Excellence Podcast. Hello, leaders, and welcome to Leadership Excellence. My name is Danny Langloss, and today I'm joined by Sherry St. Marie. Sherry is a master adult educator whose passion is to inspire and educate others in their pursuit of personal growth. Today, she brings more than 30 years of experience to this conversation. She's also the host of Real Conversations with Sherry St. Marie. If you haven't checked that out on LinkedIn, on YouTube, she'll talk a little bit more about that here in a little bit. You've got to check it out. It is so original, authentic, real, um, and I love that. Sherry, she's helping so many people across the country. You're going to be blown away by her passion, presence, insights into leadership and personal development. Sherry, welcome to the Leadership Excellence Podcast. Well, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. My favorite thing is contributing, and I was thrilled to have met you not so long ago that we can have this opportunity, so it's fantastic. Yeah, I've been paying attention to your stuff on LinkedIn. If you're not following Sherry on LinkedIn, you got to follow her. Uh, one thing that, that just amazes me, because everybody is shy and worried about putting themselves out there on video, not only does Sherry put herself out there on video, but Sherry does one take. What you see is what you get. She's real, she's authentic, uh, and she just brings it. And I think people really connect with that. They do. So yeah, I'm a one taker, they call it in the industry. So it, and a lot of it was, um, it's not comfortable for a lot of people. Um, I'm also professionally trained, so I can do it. And I've been doing commercials, so I can do the professional side. But a lot of it happened, even me unfolding recently since 2020 in so many of my followers and really good business advisors and creative people saying, Sherry, let people see you on the front of the camera like we know you in real life like the whole thing. Cause normally when I present, I'm an expert, right? So you're going to be a little bit more professional or something. I have like blooper dives on the couch, the full range of, you know, soft to hard to passionate to, you know, the struggle. And I think that's the part that um, I, I am fine to show because it helps other people see this is real life. We're all doing real life and it's okay. You know? So it's, it's, some people get confused and think, oh, it's the spilling your everything out there. It isn't. It is, I'm going to just let you see my whole personality and my essence as if we're really together right here because this is the way we live now and it's okay, you know? Absolutely. When I, when I could just listen to you talk all day. Your communication skills are phenomenal. Your presence, your ability to just naturally connect. And, and those are all important things for leaders. Yes. People watch that and, and, and pay attention to this. Even if you're listening on the audio platforms, um, you can't help but connect and to be drawn in. Sherry, let me start by asking you, what drives your passion for leadership? Gosh, it, is, it has changed so much. So I've always technically been an informal leader, which is interesting. Uh, for the most part, I should say. So even as a kid, I was the one that in my front yard had all the neighbor kids lined up to play school. And I was the teacher, you know, of like, I wanted everybody to come. All the grades were mixed together and we'd have just a great time, right? Um, a lot of it has moved from being in high school. I was a formal leader for the state of Wisconsin as a speaker um, and a brand ambassador. But more of it has been, I just have such a driving force to want to help every individual human be their best selves and get the most out of their life experience while they're here. So it's general out to the entire public, every soul. The underdog's always been kind of my special interest area. And then it is more recently now also to the top leader, decision maker of a company, because they're the ones that get to affect everybody. And they're also the ones having a really tough time right now. And they're not normally able to speak freely, get support, get coaching, get advising because of the way we've taught leaders how they need to be. So I'm direct out to the public free as much as I can. And then I'm also top to just certain vetted leaders because you got to be willing to do modern leadership, right? Otherwise, it's not worth my talent and time. I need to do that with those people. 
And so I'm going free out and everywhere and then up to the top decision makers is my leadership strategy right now. So you talk, you said a, a phrase there that's it's an important phrase and we talked about it when we talked last week, yeah. modern leadership. You want to talk about the evolution of leadership and some of the key principles of modern leadership, some of the things that yeah. you're working with executives on? Yeah. So it's a lot of important things are happening right now and we're evolving. So it's nothing static. But what I have watched over my professional career in working with and for business owners and leaders of any kind have been, we had this old style of leadership way back. And originally it was this whole thing of leaders were born, not made, right? Then we got into, well, maybe they're made. However, how we teach them to lead is like a drill sergeant in an extreme form, let's just say, right? So I'm going to tell you what you need to do. I'm not going to have any emotional intelligence or awareness about myself because these are just the rules and we're here to do the drill sergeant thing. And if you are a good leader, you are able to make your people do what you want them to do. And it way back in the day, it was with a stick, not praise. Stick meaning discipline, right? Discomfort, negative. If you get sent to the boss, you're in trouble. Then we, then we evolved a little bit into starting to understand, and some people would still argue, maybe yeah, 15 years ago, gosh, maybe you could give your people a little bit of praise and it wouldn't go to their head and they'll come back and ask you for a bonus or a raise <laughs> if you talk to them, right? And so we taught leaders how to really segregate themselves, stay in their office, stay away from your people so they can't ask or want things. We are now particularly, I've been waiting for this forever, so I'm like really excited about, it's uncomfortable, right? And, but it's really, really good. And we have to get to a place where we're able to talk and communicate and lead because they want to follow you, not because you have a title, not because you control my paycheck, not because of what you might be able to do to me if I don't, but it is because you are an amazing person for our organization for our family, for our business, our association that I, that I agree with, that I want to be with, that I want to serve, that I want to be a part of what we're doing in a bigger picture. So a lot of what has happened, and it was prior to COVID, but it really has blown up in COVID, is our people are not the same at all anymore. So you and I have had really great conversations, I'm sure we'll get into it later, about generations and um, things. Yeah. My big deal, and I will be strong about it with these leaders, are get over any generational thing, period. Because here's the deal. We're all on the playground of life together, working and learning and growing. The, people, the leaders that are able to be more modern to understand, gosh, look at what we gained and learned from this person. Look what they gained and learned from me. And half the time, I love the matchup of super young and much older, or a lot of financial means and none. And th those kind of matches end up teaching us a whole lot when we're leading and managing people. There's such a movement in both consumers and work prior to COVID that were, I want conscious capitalism. I want conscious decisions. I'll even pay more for the conscious decision than I will the company who is making bad decisions for the environment, the world, the people, the whatever. After COVID, that massively increased. And then the other thing that happened to our employees, which are important people, right? They are, they, a lot of them have been traumatized for sometimes the first time in their lives. They are not the same people coming back to work. All of a sudden, new things are important to them. And you and I talked about this as well. Here's an example. The whole freedom thing used to be important to them. Right now, it's critical because they're juggling educating their families or taking care of somebody, you know, ill or not ill or whatever. So all of a sudden me being able to have the flexibility and I'll work harder to not have a nine to five sitting in my desk. You can watch me sit there because that's old style management. I want you to clock in. I want to see what you're doing. I, as a leader, want to want an email or a ding every time you touch or return or what, you know what we did. We stressed our people out so badly and we have disciplined them with a stick with that kind of monitoring that companies are doing. We have, to, we have really done a horrid thing to our employees, not understanding that because we were worried about remote work on, are they really working? What's really happening? Well, guess what? Modern leaders trust their people and they encourage and grow them to do great results. Use your brain, help us be better. And so some of the companies are, yes, fine, flex your work as long as you're getting done what we need to get done. 
Well, all of a sudden, I have this great flexibility of I can go take care of the critical thing in my life that's priceless for an hour. But guess what? I worked for you three hours tonight because I wanted to, because I wanted to do a great job, because I was on to this really good idea about my project. And we did that together, you know? So modern leaders, it's uncomfortable for people who were traditional to move into that modern to some extent. They want to, they're uncomfortable. So a lot of what I do is very different as a coach with a lot of those business leaders. It is not upfront um, having this big lectured situation. It is private and it is usually right now virtually in Zoom calls. Um, a couple of them I'll meet with personally. But the difference is I am listening to them. I'm understanding everything they've got on their shoulders right now. I'm understanding you are not just an employee. So here's a big modern leader thing. We, way back in the day in the 1950s, used to go to work, and when you got in that car as a dressed professional, you were no longer a human. You were a worker. So we're coming out of, you know, um, mining days and farming days into, you put on a suit. They all look so much the same. You carry the briefcase. We physically carried the briefcase. We went to work. We didn't talk to people. We did our job, and we went home at five and became a human again. And we have done that from 1950 up till a little bit more recently. What that has done to humans that I wish employers and leaders would understand is 83% of people prior to COVID were not engaged in work. You as an expense, when we want to pretend we don't see it, are having massive loss of production because they're really having a big issue going on at home. They're not allowed to talk about it. If you could give them five minutes with a good coach, they'd be back to work and really productive instead of wasting the whole day because they have trauma on their mind or whatever it is. We are now understanding, we've been humans the whole time we've been working and we're done pretending we're not humans while we're working. So if we would take care of our humans better as a culture, as a team, as interaction, as leaders, we would be doing so much better. It's not even funny. And some leaders are waking up to that right now. And that's who's having these private conversations and coaching and advising with me. Or then I'm coming in to teach and train and speak with their teams or their, their people. Yeah, I love that. The modern leadership. So the, you talked about how much different we have to lead now. What our team members are going through. Some for, for the very first times in their lives. And even people that have a lot of experience. I mean, this is very, very disruptive, especially depending on where you're in the country. Bring yep. me to, to a story. When, when we shut, so I'm currently the city manager of Dixon, and we brought our leadership team together. We've got eight or nine different departments, and we had people that were going to be working from home. Mm -hmm. And so initially, there were these questions about these sheets and tracking and reporting in and conversations every hour and a half. And you know, I said, I'm not sure that's what we need right now. Let's take a step back from that. I understand everybody wants to do a good job. Nobody wants anything to fall through the cracks. Everybody wants to make sure that people are doing what they need to do, but we need to trust first, right? We got to yeah. trust first. Yeah. And, you know, let's, we, we've created this great team. We're, we're hitting it at the highest levels running into COVID why would we assume that if they didn't track this and turn it in, that they wouldn't be doing what it is they needed to do? We took it even a step further to say, look, this is what they have to get done, mm -hmm. right? These mm -hmm. are the important components. If those things are getting done, who cares? Because honestly, yeah, honestly, you know, if I work from home or work off site in a, in a quiet environment, I can get eight hours of work done in two hours, mm -hmm. right? So you had something you wanted to jump in on that. Go this, ahead. I, this is why I, this is why as a leader, I wanted to talk to you. You get it. You get it. So the minute you, you and I were talking and you said something like that, I'm like, you get it. So you would be somebody who I would go, yeah, this, that's exactly the point. And those sheets they were doing is because they didn't know how to do it any other, but the old way. Right. And so you get it as a bigger picture as a leader, and that's so exciting to me, you know, that, that you are doing that with your company and your business and your people and even everybody you interact with in your life because it's your thought process and the way you go about leadership because half of it is how do we keep great talent? So I will tell you, I have had um, almost, 
um, 17 and a half years working from home. So when all this started, I already was 17 years into the deal of working from home, juggling, being a very good producer with raising three kids and whatever. So I knew I had to be out here as a leader in this because I have decades in on it, right? And it's new for a lot of people. But that's just it. Trust is a huge factor and that's fair. So I'll show you both sides, right? You are saying the leadership side and I agree with you. And then the other important part is the employee has the responsibility to show me you want the job and I can trust you because it's a relationship. Here's the difference. Here's a modern leader thing, right? When we're doing the tracking sheets and we're the, I'm getting you a paycheck, which used to be touching the time clock. Remember that in the old days of, oh, yeah. no, you pop it in, pop it out, no matter where you worked because they could physically tell you couldn't fake that, right? Today it is, we're going from, I need you to track or I need you to, that is, that is a non-modern leadership and it's not their fault. It's how else do I track or how else do I know? And we're turning them, here's the disruption. This is a relationship. And some people will go, what are you talking about? That employment is a relationship? Employer-employee is a relationship? What are you talking about? It's absolutely a relationship. And people will not stay if they're not happy in the relationship, either which way. You're the leader, you're the employee, you're the team. Or they will stay because they have to for a while, and that is not in your best interest because they are the disengaged who are not working well, who are not doing quality. So a lot of what I'm doing with podcasts like you, with leaders who get it, is this thing of it is both ways. It is yes and. It is not either or. So here's what it is. That leader needs to be the best leader they can be. They have to care and want to and invest in, how am I a modern leader for these people? And then all the people have the responsibility of, how do I be my best self? How do I create talent in myself that I'm creating amazing value for this company, for myself as an individual, for my life, and I want to make myself untradeable? I, I hope you can't trade me because I'm so good. And if you're going to trade me, I'm at least going to go where I'd like to go because I've upskilled and I have trained myself and I have become an asset. But we are very much in a relationship style everything now. That's the biggest thing leaders need to get. And sometimes relationships go badly, right? You know, where there's conflict and this is all we do. And there's certain organizations, that's the only kind of relationship they know how to do. You know, yeah. I'm the boss, so I'm supposed to carry the stick and do the you're not going to have employees, you know, the relationship side, what a big major shift. And we'll talk about the, the generations kind of, you know, a little more in yeah. depth here. Yeah. But people want to come to work as their whole selves. They're not somebody at work mm -hmm. and they're not somebody different at home. They want to be able to come and be them authentic. And the, the great companies and the great leaders understand the importance of clarity and understand the importance of connecting and aligning mission and purpose, right? That people, people want to make an impact. They want to make a difference. They want to understand how they're making things better for others or yeah. how they're making a bigger impact. Absolutely. And, and so this relationship is so important because if we don't have this relationship, if we don't understand, if we don't ever ask our, our team member, hey, if you won the lottery today, when you wake up tomorrow morning and you don't have to do anything, what's going to set you on fire? What is going to drive your passion? And when we understand that and know how to connect that to the work we're doing within our teams and our organizations, that's where we're taking things to a whole nother level. That's this modern leadership concept that you're talking about. And there's a lot of people, some people who were getting this pre-COVID, yep. everybody has to get it post-COVID. Yes. So it's called, it's called evolving right? So there are a lot of people who are evolved prior to COVID. I was evolved prior to COVID. You were evolved prior to COVID. And there are a lot of people who got the wake up call after. There's still going to be someone who could choose not to evolve, you know, and then they're going to have their own consequences of that. And there's a ton others, which I always say, I'm sorry for the circumstances, but I'm thrilled for the opportunity for all of us to evolve even better, you know, even better. And so the big thing for leaders is to understand your people want to make an impact no matter what they're doing. We, a lot of that also means 
There's no different treatment in courtesy and being heart-centered in part of the relationship, whether I am your custodial staff or I am your top CEO. In courtesy and kindness and mattering, in me looking you in the face if you physically come into the building and me being able to connect with your eyes and after I'm done talking, know what color your eyes are. That's when we're connecting again with humans because so much of this has desensitized us in the last decade of a lot of our social lives and, and work lives. 100%. And today more than ever, there's a couple things that I've been researching and talking to people on and, and putting into practice within our team. And the way we communicate and how we do this is so important, especially during COVID. As human beings, we need that connection. And people can't miss this. If you're having a meeting and you're bringing in six, seven, eight of your team members or your one-on-one, a good portion of that meeting just needs to be people communicating, catching up. How are things going? How are things with daycare? How are things with at-home learning? How are things, you know, and this would be more one-on-one, how are, how are just things at home, right? What, what can I help you with? Because right. if we take care of that side and let people download the things that are weighing them down and, and get these things off of their plate, these, these real anxiety, stress, depression, mental health type issues that so many people are going through, yep. okay, that shows you care about them. And I think there are four things that yes. I've identified that everybody needs. Everybody wants and needs to feel cared for. Everybody wants to feel important, like they matter, like they belong, right? Everybody wants to make a difference, and that's coming more and more to the front, and everybody wants to feel appreciated. And so what I talk about a lot, if people get those four things right, if you care about people, if you let them know they're important, if you let them know and show how they're making a difference and allow them to make that difference, uh, and then you appreciate them, that, that is an incredible foundation for modern leadership. I agree with you 100%. And so when you said that, I knew you get it as well. I completely agree with you. Totally agree with you. And then the second piece of that for modern leaders is they feel nervous about doing that because they feel nervous of, did I, but it's going to make me look like I crossed the line if I smile in her face more than two seconds. No, you're going to be okay. We're going <laughs> to be so, all right. Yeah, we have to kind of help people learn. How do we have, how do we do that? You know, so those are phenomenal things. And, and how we do that is learning how to really connect with our people. You have real conversations, which most of us don't know how to do. You know, we either were trained badly or we've gotten badly because we are into the nanosecond culture now, just as how fast life is moving, the ways that we are expected to respond. There's another work leader thing, right? We have our people so cranked up into the nanosecond of expecting a response, you know, by email, by your sitting in a Zoom meeting, and I just asked you for a concept, and in two seconds, I want you to give me a brilliant one. What that's happening with our brains and our bodies, our phones, social media, all of that, we weren't meant to live this way as humans. We need a little more time to be able to think and decompress and how do we have these real conversations? When we're that wound up into this nanosecond culture, we react, we don't respond. So even our leaders and our people, because the accountability is gonna come from everybody, we are responsible for how we respond even though a lot of pressure is going on. We are responsible, rule number one, of not taking our feelings out on someone else. That's part of how we do the four things you were saying of teaching our people. And it seems so simple, but those are the things that companies have not learned how to do within a culture with a mission statement on the wall of how do we care for our people and how do we do this together? And this drives a, a really important point because I just watched a video that you did on it's not okay to take your emotion and what you're going through on other people. And, and today, leaders will destroy their influence, they will destroy relationships, they will destroy trust if they do that. And that's why, and I was on a podcast, uh, Leading with Heart with Heather Younger. I don't know if you know Heather or not, but Heather is phenomenal. Just named the top 101 influencers in the employee engagement space. She's just phenomenal. Awesome. Um, and and so, so we were talking about the idea, leaders have to intentionally take care of themselves. Yes, they have this is to, so much of what I do, yes. Yeah, they gotta take care of themselves. They've gotta get a coach. They, they've got to have mentors. They've got to have a trusted confidant that they can talk to, but they cannot let this out within their teams 
Um, it's not that you're going to be fake or it's not that you're not going to acknowledge, hey, I'm having a, t- a tough time too. You know, we're struggling at home. You know, my junior in, in high school is having a difficult time with this remote learning or, you know, my junior in college is, is struggling not getting out in the connections and this experience. Like we got to be that way and we can connect that way because we're real people and that vulnerability, but we also can't ever react. We've always got to respond. And when you react, you let other people and circumstances control you. When you respond, you 100% control yourself and deliver your values. And that is when your character meets integrity, right? That's when you walk the talk. That's when you live that. So I I love you pointed that out. This is what I, yes, so that video is awesome. I got a really great reaction on that, but this is exactly the coaching I'm doing with very key select CEOs or business owners that they own the whole company because this is what's happening when we shut the door and it's completely professional, right? I am giving them the opportunity because I have the skill and talent to do that where they get to shut the door just like I used to when my students would come into my classroom, right, or office and have a meeting with me and they are able to take off the weight of the world in that room because even though some of them right they're married or whatever your spouse isn't the person either who needs to hear about the things that you're worried about or all all of the pieces and so with a lot of the um, executive coaching I'm doing it is this closed door thing two hours a week and they are able to come in there where I'm not yelling at them my whole job is to listen and understand however I am going to coach you on modern leadership I'm going to help you understand this whole mask that you've been wearing your whole career because you were trained as this amazing leader who got unbelievable results, got people up a mountain, built amazing things. The pressure on what happens to that person, that leader is amazing. It's a lot. They have things they need to be able to say. So rule number one in there is also, we can't worry about the politically correct inside here because otherwise we aren't going to get anywhere. So let's talk about the things that are really affecting you, your organization, your family life, your home life. Because when we pretend with these people that home doesn't matter and companies won't pay for personal coaching to business transformation, it's crazy. Because guess what? Something going on at home. So an executive I just coached who was getting through a divorce with three young kids is an amazing producer at work. Part of why he reached out to me is I hear you do this work. I need somebody who I can really trust and I need you to help me hold it together, but also coach me on the personal side. How am I dealing with the kids? How am I dealing with the whatever so that I don't blow it to become a partner inside this organization, which she was very much on target for during this whole time of everything that goes on. That's the stuff I do. I just can't tell you his name, his company and what, you know, the details. I got others that are, I have like the most amazing results and it's because this is what we're doing. We're shutting the door and taking the pressure off of them. And we're talking about whole life. And we're also talking about all these societal issues and uh, pieces that are happening. And I'm strong enough and soft enough that their response is, oh my gosh, I've never had an experience like that before. And I'm like, this is what we need to give people more. This is what we need to help our leaders with. This is what we need to eventually teach them to be able to do with their people, you know? Um, but they're caring so much. And so we, and again, in this old model, we set them up to just soldier it and hold your breath until you pass away. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. No, it, it's just amazing because the, the work you're doing, and I'm doing some similar things with a few different companies right now uh, in, in my private business. But when you help and, and get permission for that leader to download, to decompress, to bring in their whole self, Yep. And you teach them how to work through that. You are equipping so many leaders to actually take care and have impact to their team and their team members and showing this whole nother way. It's so important. Leaders, I ask you this question. How are you taking care of yourself? Informal leaders on, on teams, I'm asking you the question. How are you taking care of yourself? You have to do that first before you can take care of other people. Mm-hmm. It's so, so true. So it's, it's really important. And then the other part of my job is to build them up also. So this is what's interesting. I get a lot who will come to me who will say, I feel really terrible. I was one of those people that used to rip my people apart. And they feel bad saying it. Well, part of my job is to help them also get built back up, right? So I'm an amazing cheerleader. 
and I always have been. So a lot of my job, all of humans, but particularly in this room and in this spot of coaching, is to build that leader back up because they've just realized, gosh, half the stuff I was doing was not great. And they, you know, they previously were taught it was great. They are now hearing, I have damaged a ton of people. I have really been rotten to my family or I've lost my family or whatever's happened and I need help, you know? And so that's the other important part that other coaches don't normally deal with. Um, that's super important because you're exactly right. Why well, I smiled so big when you said, I get this. What you're doing with that one leader, is they're affecting? That's, that's why, see, you get all this stuff. I love this because that's exactly it. For me, it's like I, it's, I'm honored in the moment with that individual that trusts me. But I also realize I am helping all of this by being just one little me with the big one to all. That's the whole concept. Downstream impact is immeasurable. And and it doesn't just impact the way their team members now achieve purpose at work. It impacts their team members' entire quality of life. And that's what I talk about a lot in my keynotes and when I'm in, in front of people, the great responsibility of leadership. It is so much more than name the company you work for or lead for or own or run. It's so much more than that. The impact we have is, is so profound. It's a great responsibility that, that we cannot take lightly. You talk about believing in people. Mindset, mm-hmm. big part of our, our mindset is the foundation of, of all of our success. And a big part of that mindset and why that's the case is because it directly drives into confidence. And so, you know, I think there's two big factors that, that impact confidence. One is internal, the yes. way we talk to ourselves, mm-hmm. winning that battle between our ears. You can't win the war against the world until you win the battle going on in your own mind. But yep. then there's that external. Mm-hmm. And so as leaders, we can very intentionally help build people's confidence. And it, the, the power, the, one of my favorite leadership tools, we talk about helping the people on our teams and others reach their full potential is just the power of believing in somebody. Because, right, as human beings, we put up these walls that are, that are much smaller than what our potential is. We, we build this low ceiling, and so as leaders, we have to help tear those walls down, shatter that ceiling, see more in others than they see in themselves, and that's really where they move towards that, that reaching their full potential, that self-actualization. But you're right. The, the intentional importance of building confidence in today and that of a modern leader, especially in COVID, post-COVID, moving forward, so, so important. I told people they're going to be blown away by your insights. Well, and I'm sitting over here grinning when you say that because I'm like, I love that you get that too, that like a huge part of a modern leader is to build your people's confidence. And confidence is a muscle. You know, so some people have gone down during this, or we have a day that we are not fabulous or whatever, and half of a leader's job is, I believe in you. I believe you can do it. People will stay at a job where my leader believes in me. You and I talked about this, when I'm making less money, when I'm whatever, that is called a golden paycheck, or that is called, there's priceless aspect of mentoring, right? So for somebody, I have amazing mentors in my life, so I do a lot of this work, but I also have amazing people at all levels, but a lot of also really, you know, big CEOs and people that are mentoring me. And I go, that is such a huge gift where they're going, we want to see you get up here and do this because your thought about it is so different, right? And I wouldn't have done this a couple of years ago. I would have gone, oh no, I'll just go do something different or less than, right? But it's exciting. It's challenging. And somebody said to me, we think you can. You have amazing people that will work harder for you because you believe their confidence and what they do. And then they start to get excited to come back and tell you, right? That's the fun part. When you help somebody be confident, they get, instead of you tracking on the report sheet, they're excited to come back and tell you, hey, did you know I did this? Like, I want to tell you how this happened or how this went. That's better than any tracking sheet you can do. And it made me go work harder and better and think about it different than anything else would have done. For a lot of people. And what and also our people know, I see you. Building up someone's confidence is a leader saying to their people, I see you and you matter to me. That's why they get so jazzed up about it. 100%. You talked earlier about how 83% of people pre-COVID had very low levels of employee engagement. And what you're talking about right now will create connection to your organization 
and will drive that passionate discretionary effort that is the result of very, very high levels of employee engagement. And I think the 10X of employee engagement is ownership. And that's where, that's where you do things because it's important to you. You were influenced, but you're doing it because it's important to you, not because you were told to do it. Absolutely. That's the best we could ever get any time, whether we are leading a child being raised or a organization or people. When I can get you to care and do it because you want to, there's nothing better than that. You know, there's nothing better than that. And that's the difference between being a um, teacher who sits on the stage and lectures and what we used to do that too, right? As a leader, we, we lecture, we drill. Gosh, if I can teach you to think and be resourceful on your own, and get excited about something you're excited about, that's some golden talent right there. Because you will go out and do something amazing with that versus did you remember the piece of information I told you and the verse number of blah, blah. I don't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. What matters is teach me how to think. Make me resourceful. Make me care. Teach me how do I get a fire in my belly. I got a lot of fire in my belly, right? And my kids growing up, they're like, that's the number one thing you said to us all the time, Mom, after I love you was, Fire in your belly, fire in your belly, fire in your belly. Like if, if we have that, there's amazing joy in life that keeps us going. It impacts so many other people. And you can't make someone have fire in their belly. That's why modern leaders have been more successful than previous. Because you had to figure out, how do you create fire in my belly? So Bill Woodich. Um, yeah. He, so he Bill's a good friend of mine. Is he? Okay. Love oh, yeah. I've been on Bill's podcast. Bill and I are in a good group together. We're very connected business-wise. So love Bill. Uh, he, yep. he joined okay. the podcast. We named it Fail More. Awesome. Um, and he talked about the leader's job isn't to, to light the fire in somebody. It's to stoke those embers, right? You know, when you have a fire and it's getting burnt out, but it's still burning, it's still there to yep. stoke those embers, to replace the wood, to let the, the oxygen and the air get to it and fuel it. And the next thing you know, this fire that was almost looked to be burnt out now is a blazing bonfire. And that's so exactly I love what you're talking about with that. And that's what we have to tap into is that whole idea of how do we, how do we stoke that fire? Yeah. How do we get those embers turning back into that huge flame? Yep. Um, because that, that's, yeah, I love that. But I think that's some of the fun of leadership that people don't normally know how to do. Because guess what, leader? You're going to need to learn to use your brain with what you know about the person, with your relationship of how the two of you get along. And that takes a little bit of thinking and challenge and different skill. We're not used to working that way. I think it's incredibly exciting. I think it's incredibly challenging. Because I would know as a leader, we get into this conversation too about what's fair, like, you know, because we're worried about legality and HR, everything's going to be fair across the board. Well, it's just like parenting. I can't treat all three of my children the exact same. They have different personalities, different skill levels, different learning levels. It's the same with an employee. And we're so hung up about all the legal stuff. And we've gotten that way in the last 20 years. But here's the difference. If maybe for you, I need to listen for five minutes because you need to process and talk about your idea and what you're going to go when I listen and light your fire and you go do amazing things. My next person might come in here and they don't need that from me. They just needed to tell me and hear an attaboy. You know, what's challenging to our modern leaders, which is awesome, is go figure out with your individual people, what do they need? How do you be fair? So I'm not at all suggesting don't be fair. But, but how each of them need you is different. And challenge your brain, leader, on how do you do that? Instead of you just showing up and being the robot also of, this is what I do all day. Uh-uh, not anymore. Well, the, the, the main, one of the main skills that leaders need to intentionally develop, and we can all develop this skill, is their EQ, is their emotional intelligence, understanding how our emotions are impacting those around us and understanding the emotions of, of other people. And that takes an incredible amount of self-awareness. That's what's so incredible about a coach, yep. having four or five mentors. You really have to try to seek out to find your blind spots. And I agree with what you'd said in a, in a recent video you did. You, you, you really do have to work on improving your strengths. You can't stay too focused on your weaknesses, but that's yep. different than that. For people that are thinking that it, uh, we can all, 
understand our blind spots more. If, if we're willing to ask the questions to people who are trusted in our lives and give them permission, we got to yep. understand that and we can all increase our EQ. And I think that EQ and Bill and I were talking about this. Yeah. Bill and I are saying one this. IQ. Yep. I agree with you hundred percent. And here's what I'm excited about. So I have enough history over being a marketing career teacher, all this stuff that when EQ first came out and soft skills versus hard skills, Hard skills were the whole glory deal, right? For decades, hard skills, meaning, you know, your technical skills, your, your accounting skills, your what you do were the favorite asset. And the soft skill people were the kind of losers on the side that weren't paid well, that, you know, were the fluff in the customer service department. Well, and EQ was considered over academic skill to be um, not at all favored or, you know, respected or anything. We have flopped. We have flopped, and that is so exciting to see. When I was in that category, right, and I'm now over here, where EQ has always been my easier thing, the soft skills. I now have a lot of hard skills just in maturing, and I'm you know, in my 50s now over work skills. But um, the soft skills and the EQ have become huge, and we didn't used to value them. You have no choice but them now because guess what? Your people will leave. Your consumers will leave. Mm-hmm. They will leave. This guy, and will this leave is, for reasons you didn't used to understand. So they will even leave when they don't have a paycheck. And the modern leader gets that. The old style leader goes, well, how could they possibly do that? They're not going to be able to pay their mortgage. Guess what? It's important enough to them that they don't care. They're not going to work for somebody who doesn't get any EQ. 100%. Okay. So as you talk about this hard skills versus soft skills, we, we had this conversation last week. Yeah. Resumes don't do jobs. People do. Take yeah. that away. Take that well, away. I was super excited, first of all, that you got that. So when you said it to me, another reason where I resonated with you totally on your leadership thoughts and ideas, because I agree with you. I have been, even I used to be a high school career teacher as well, right? So I used to train the resume and didn't like it. I'm like, this is ridiculous. How can you value a person based on dates and what they said they did? When you, it's flat affect. You get, you get nothing of what did they do, Right. We are in a stage right now and in the next couple of years where your digital resume will be huge. So whether you do or don't like social media or anything, it doesn't matter. Our digital resumes are going to start to be collected and processed through hiring where people can see what you have done for your talent. So here's me. I haven't had a resume for a minimum of six years. And prior to that, it was another five when I work as a real estate agent, don't need it. I've been 17 years in the business. When I meet with my people, I use my skills to be able to do my work and they don't ever ask me for a resume. So you might argue, oh, fine, realtors don't use one. Well, guess what? I'm a, I'm a speaker, a broadcaster. I do all this other stuff. People just have seen something I do and they go, oh my gosh, I heard you did this. So it spreads around like, you know, my speeches for disrupt or whatever. Those are stamped out there. Anybody can find those as talks that were five minute challenge to change your thinking on an incredibly impactful topic. What a brilliant thing. You want to look at my resume or you want to watch my five minute video on wow, her thought process is right in there and how she went about that and what she thinks on digital AI or, or whatever. Pretendia was my other one on, you know, the, this whole thing of we have had gatekeepers forever on resumes, on moving up in an organization, on all these things. And now that we're in the stage of your resume isn't going to be a piece of paper anymore. Let me talk to the individual. Let me see what you think. You and I talked, and that's why I also knew you were brilliant, when you said, yeah, really somebody can be who they want to be for a year, 18 months, maybe at the most, but a year will really start seeing who they are. Yeah. And I'm like, that, that you get it. It's not my piece of paper that I can, because guess what? I, I was a teacher for a long time. I could fake my paper pretty nice. I, I am incredibly ethical, so I did not. My example is people lie on resumes all the time. It's embellished. It's not. Meet me and sit down. So my joke is I'm a 1099. When everybody keeps going, what do you really do, Sherry? And I'm like, guess what? I'm a 1099. Give me a challenge. Give me a product. Give me a cause I like. I will figure out how to do that. And what should I charge you for it? That's a possibility, you know, and, and we are doing that in this economy and we have been prior to COVID. 
I love it. So one thing and what I want to finish with today, yeah. and, and we're, we're going to have you back on the podcast again, because okay. there, there's so much more that you have to share and offer. And I think you're just, you're totally out on the front edge of leadership, but modern leaders uh, understand the ever changing world and understand the importance of creating a culture of change, creating cultures that embrace change that ties into this concept that you just talked about with disrupt. So could yep. you take a little bit of a dive into that? Yes. So I've been disruptive, like I said, since I was little, like I just was born not understanding why do we have different rules for different people? I just, I could not understand that. You know, a concrete example would be you're a girl, so you don't get to whatever, you know? Um, and I could not understand that. Then I got into um, high school and it was this whole thing of like, you have to be able to get to college. But my background was unfortunately um, not a financial setup at all. I was actually born in a public housing project. Um, nobody had gone to college in my family. How I got to college was actually winning speaking contests at 12 and at 17. Wow. And that's what got me to college. And I was like, oh my gosh, who would have thought that? Well, that's disruptive, right? Because it's not the normal track of how you do things. And so I'm always like, how do you make it happen? Like, that's what we're trying to do. And so I'm not disruptive for a disruptive reason to just be wild and hectic. It is how do we disrupt people's thinking so that we can do a better job or have a better situation. So again, I speak a lot for the disrupt industry. I also come into businesses when it is help us change up our thinking, but the difference will be we don't need to be loud and super disruptive in a harsh way right now. Our world is too disruptive at the minute. People have had, they hear disruption and they're like, oh my gosh, we've had enough challenge and pain and trauma. So guess how you also disrupt? Heart-centered is a disruption. Wow. So everybody thinks it's this. Wow. So right now, one of my special talents um, and you know projects I do are this whole heart-centered at work. That is how we're going to pull people together in humanity. And it's not a kumbaya and aren't we all great. It is the, I bring us to the level of how do we connect with our, our humanness right here at the heart. That's disruptive. And yet we think disruption is supposed to be fire and explosion and painful and uncomfortable. Guess what? I'm going to talk soft and I'm going to come all the way down to this heart-centered level and help you understand and help us have a real conversation which can be disruptive and nobody felt pain or conflict and we all felt better when we left. That's disruptive as well. And so right now the disrupt is a calmer, softer, but also a strong enough to say, you know, I disagree with you on this part because how we've become disruptive is vitriol right now. And that's not good for us and it's too disruptive and not a, it's a, just a um, toxic disruption. It's not a healthy disruption. Every disruption I'm doing is a healthy disruption, you know, and all that stuff is really good for us. Awesome. 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 So, so where can, can, can you share, because yeah. Sherry, in these conversations, she's having these kind of conversations on a multitude of topics across LinkedIn, Sherry St. Marie, but, but where can they find real conversations with Sherry St. Marie? Yeah, so they can find that live on LinkedIn. Um, I don't do it as a set time, watch the disruption. So I, my personality is like, I'll get a topic and I'll have an idea or I'll meet somebody I want to have on. So I don't have a set day and time I do mine, but you can watch on LinkedIn and it will get announced when I do lives. I am doing them once a week at a minimum. Those also go over to YouTube. So you can see them scheduled on YouTube. So if you go to YouTube under Sherry St. Marie, I have a real estate channel, but this is my Sherry St. Marie. You'll see my face uh, broadcast channel in red. Um, all of the real conversations will be there. So actually I'm doing one tomorrow on the nanosecond culture. Um, every week I'm bringing on somebody who um, I've built a relationship with and we're having real conversations, actually sit on that couch. That's the whole shtick of it. Um, like we're having this little talk show, but how it goes is like you're just voyeuring on this private conversation. Um, but we're talking about incredibly important topics. Why we're doing it is that lets you just see how does this go? People that have amazingly different views can have an unbelievable conversation. Uh, men and women can have an amazing conversation. Topical pieces can be amazing. Creativity was my last week, you know, and it lets people just watch how we can do it, not how badly we've been doing it, you know? Awesome. So uh, to our listeners, 
in yeah. the description within the podcast, whatever platform you're on, there'll be direct links to Sherry's LinkedIn, direct links to her YouTube. Um, and I'll get with her. Anything else she has, we'll have direct links in there. So you can go in and follow her, see more of what it is that she's doing. Sherry, what kind of call to action for leaders would you like to leave this conversation with? How would you like to take that out? That's What's a, a call to action? Fabulous question. Here, I'm going to go sideways for you because it's really important. I would do a call to action to leaders on the fact that the greatest thing you can do for yourself and your people is to take a look at your own personal growth and your own personal development in how you are feeling right now, what you are seeing right now, how you are taking on your leadership. The greatest growth you will have is to step back and work on yourself and you will do unbelievable with your people. And if you don't know how to do that, then you seek out resources to do that, you know, because emotional intelligence is going to win the game going forward. There's no question about it. It is. It, emotional intelligence is such a key, if not complete core component of modern leadership. Gary, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us today. It has been a complete honor. I'm on fire. I am inspired. Yay, that's my job all the time. Um, Send me the bill. I understand. Send me the bill. (laughs) My own personal coaching session. That's the thing I love about the podcast. We talk about we've got to be trying to get at least 1% better every day. And for, for me, the podcast, even though it's, it's driving incredible connection and we're getting a lot of information in, it's, it's great for the guests too as they prepare and come on and talk about it. Yeah. I'm learning so much and I'm getting more than 1% better every time that I'm stepping into this. So thank you so much for taking this time and for joining us today. It's my absolute pleasure. I love to contribute. Thank you so much. So Sherry St. Marie on modern leadership, the importance of trust, respect, encouragement, relationships relationship-based, focusing on the whole relationship, the whole person, flexibility, growth, the importance of building somebody's confidence, um, you know, bringing that full self, the importance of the soft skills, the, the greatest thing, she talked about the call to action, the greatest thing is to invest in your personal growth and development and the personal growth and development of your team. We got to look at things holistically. To our listeners, thank you for joining us today. Please hit that subscribe button if you're listening on Apple. Uh, Consider sharing the podcast, giving reviews, giving ratings. That helps us reach more people. And remember, always be committed to excellence. 